Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now. Here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, football fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment three times a week. Typically, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but we might have some different things going on for the holidays, so make sure you stay tuned with us over at Jolly Rogers TDS on Twitter as well as Instagram, and be sure to download that Odyssey app. Hit that auto-download button after you search Jolly Rogers and Touchdown so that you can stay up to date on all brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you to catch up on your favorite team. Share it with friends, family, and other football fans. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host, Ken Mizell, who is just a trooper. Kayla, it's good to see you. Um, it's good to see you. I think I sound maybe a little bit better today. I don't know. But I did put yeah. on my Christmas sweater because I figured, hey... You got to look at it. Baby Yoda. Because, <laughs> um, you know, if you're feeling under the weather, you just got to do the little things to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. So okay. fuzzy Christmas sweater with Baby Yoda. Christmas Boom. Christmas sweater, coffee, hot chocolate. Tea. I wasn't sure how this uh, – frankly, I wasn't sure how this podcast was going to make me feel. If I was going to, like, get in – if I was going to become Salty Kaylee again – uh, so I was like, you know, I need to do something that's going to lighten the mood because there is a possibility that talking about the Bucks taking on the Bengals just, you know, upsets me on the inside and, uh, and I need to take control over my own self. So, you know, that's why the Christmas sweater and I would encourage all Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans to do the same. Hey, if you're listening to this episode right now. 
pause it, put on a Christmas sweater, grab, yeah. grab a warm cup of, uh, you know, cinnamon coffee, do something, but like that candle, you know what I mean? D- take a dip in the bath. I'm listening things that women do. What are things that men do? Go outside and punch the punching bag, you know, do something <laughs> that, you know, is going to just, ah, and then play the episode exactly right so uh yeah you know we want everybody to feel good while they're listening to jolly rogers and touchdowns even if we don't always deliver good news but casey i think mm-hmm. this week there is a little bit of good news when it comes to the injury report right like yeah. this is it's, it's not, not it's not bleak. terrible yeah it's not as bleak I feel like every week whenever we get better health news, I always say it's not as daunting. Like, I don't know why that word is just so heavy, but uh, yes, Jolly Roger fans, it's not as daunting. Um, I don't know. All bodies hitting the floor like Casey was. uh, It's not a drowning pool episode. (laughs) Um, With that said, let's take a look at this. And by the way, the Bengals – Injury report is a l- slightly more extensive than the Bucks. Um, yeah, I'm not going to see any hurt. You have Jamil Dean, who did not participate in yesterday's practice with that toe injury. Um, Julio Jones back with the knee injury did not participate. Uh, and then you also have Carl Nassib with a pectoral injury did not participate. Vita Vea calf did not participate. Tristan Wirfs did not participate. I will say, because I did see videos via Twitter where Tristan Wirfs was mobile and working on some drills off to the side so he didn't practice then they obviously have to translate that specifically he did not participate he has been mobile and moving about um limited was uh avery who else mike edwards so that's good to see him starting to get moving again you've got joe tryon shanka who collected that hip injury was limited and then antoine Winfield jr I, I love, yeah, I was happy to see him in full participation. Cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, uh, again, not so daunting, so grim. It's a not rainy so day crazy. here in Tampa Bay, and the Bucks are not contributing to any I sort do of have potentially that's... some grim news, though, Casey. Oh, God. I guess, Haley. I, I mm. mean, it's not the most ideal news. We speculated that I think maybe we speculated off the pod um, because we didn't want to come on the pod and say anything. And, and but we speculated off the podcast um, that Tom Brady doesn't seem like he's done sources. You know, I, 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 I um, Mike Silver put out a column this week and, and he talked with Tom Brady after the loss to the 49ers and, and, Mike Silver reported that sources close to Tom Brady said that he's not done and that he will likely continue playing. Um, Mm -hmm. And speculation is that he will continue playing, but likely not in Tampa. Mm -hmm. So uh, So that's, that's kind of like the bad (laughs) news, you know, good news, bad news. Um, and -hmm. again, it's, it's, it's all, it's still a little bit speculation. It's still like, you know, sources are saying that he will likely, you know, none of this is concrete. It's not Tom Brady coming out and saying this, but 
it seems likely that he's going to continue playing. And I'm not sure, depend, you know, with how this season has gone, if he's going to stick around in Tampa. And, right. You know, so, and being over in, you know, with the 49ers and seeing their situation, I think that that, I mean, it was a, it was a potential landing spot for him, you know, three years ago. And I think that it could be a potential right. landing spot for him, you know, after his contract with the Bucks runs out. So I'm just saying all of this to say, <laughs> prepare yourselves emotionally, mentally Fair in enough. case, you know, in case it doesn't happen in case he doesn't stick around no. because that's, that's a likelihood, you know, don't, I don't, I just, I'm here to tell you, I'm like the, I'm like the mom. I'm like, just don't be caught off guard. I'm just saying, You're don't the let therapist. it ruin your heart. Said, like, don't, don't fall yeah. apart. Don't, don't fall apart. Door. It's going to be okay. Yeah. There's plenty of fish in the sea and all yeah. those great things. Um, yeah. That's a great heads up for football fans because <laughs> here's the thing. I, on full speculation, I don't see Brady coming back. I feel strongly about Brady playing at least two more years in the league because yeah. the minute that his divorce was settled, the next press conference he did after that, when retirement was mentioned or his Fox contract was mentioned in the press conference, all of a sudden it was like, what retirement? Yeah, I'm not done yet. And his whole, de exactly, I'm not done yet. His whole demeanor had changed. There was not like, he did not answer that question or close how he would have answered it a couple weeks prior. So the minute that I saw that press conference, I was like, yeah, he's back. Then you see what's unfolding in this administration and organization. And then it's like, if Tom Brady is not running this team, he's not going to be a part of it. Uh, the, the lack of accountability, the, the stubbornness to make the needed changes, he's not going to settle to stay within that. And he doesn't want to, He's 45. He's going to be sick. He doesn't want to be arguing with anybody. My sisters no. say this to me all the time with every birthday they have. I'm like, okay, what's a new thing for you this year? And they're like, I'm old to argue with people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. I totally feel that way. I totally yeah. feel that way. I'm not, not only am I, I just have other thing. things that I care about. I'm like, you do not make my top five list of given Fs. I don't. <laughs> I just don't give. I give We're enough about me. My job and my husband and my kid, mm -hmm. but like you, mm, sorry, you don't make the list. I don't have time for it. Moving on. No. So imagine him. He doesn't want to sit here after every game trying not to throw his coaches under the bus, but taking his or, responsibility or, for his teams and arguing. And then his coaches throw him under the bus. Like I still can't right. get over Todd Bowles doubling down and just continuing to say. Well, it oh, could have been an interception. It could have been an interception. It's like, oh, this is getting icky. Casey, I agree with you. Uh, I, I it, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. I just wanted to put it out there. There has <laughs> been, I, it, it felt relevant because it was, it was newsworthy. Uh, mm -hmm. And there are new sources that are saying that, yeah, that he's going to stick around. He's probably going to play, like you said, Casey, a few more years, maybe two more years. And uh, it just doesn't seem likely that he's going to stick around and play right. those years in Tampa. I told you um, the other day, too, because um, they put out, I think it was two weeks ago, that if Brady does not return, there's about $25 million worth of dead space that the Bucks will be sitting on. Yeah. Jimmy Gar 
Pablo was a conversation piece about potentially playing in Tampa. Imagine just the trade-off capability that they have oh within the 40 organization and the Bucks yeah. organization. You know, Brady was lingering on that field after the game, after a horrible game. And while he was a sport and a gentleman and signed the things and had the conversations, in the same sense, it was kind of like a, a he was taking it all in, it felt like. Yeah, it did seem like that a little bit. So I don't know. Again, all speculation. The the thing right. that we do know a little bit more than just speculation is that he will likely continue playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and from Casey and I's perspective and our professional opinion, uh, we're just not sure that that's going to be in Tampa. I'm sorry to be the Bahambug in this Christmas <laughs> season for you all, but I have a I have a cute sweater, so just. Right. Look at the sweater. And, uh, news with the cutest sweater. That that yeah. actually, yeah, minimizes. I'm just softening the minimizes. blow. There we go. Um, but Bucks fans, let us know your thoughts. Do you think Brady? There. What do you think the percentage is? The chance Ooh, that Brady would return to Bucks number one? And obviously, I think we're all on the same page where we think that he's not done with football now. That well, I mean, he has nothing to lose and no promises to make to anybody than his kids. So why not keep playing the sport that you love? And um, I think you're still pretty great at it. So let us know your thoughts over at Jolly Rogers TDS. We want to hear from you guys always. And on that note, I don't know if this is good news or bad news, Kaylee. I'm so glad you're wearing the cute sweater because it is time to get into some Bengals v Bucks. Bucks oh, hosting yeah. this weekend, Raymond James Stadium, 425. Yeah. And I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm nervous. Casey, we talked a few weeks ago and we looked ahead and we said that um we circled the 49ers game and we said, hey, this is a this is a game they're probably not gonna win. And then I said, Yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess silly me. I said, I see them winning against the Browns, which I still they could have and they should have um but this was the other game that i was like i just don't know about the Bengals. they're they're kind of playing sneaky good right now you they go Mm -hmm. out they beat the chiefs um they're they're you know they they've taken care of all of the other teams in the nfc south they beat the falcons they beat the panthers they beat the saints like this would be you know their sweep of the nfc south they're clearly trying to make you know, a playoff run and and do something here. Mm-hmm. This team is looking a little bit scary right now, although they are dealing with some injuries. Um, we are starting with Bucks offense versus Bengals defense. So these injuries, uh, a lot of their offense is dealing with injuries, so I guess we'll get to those when we go into uh, Bengals offense. Um, but they are dealing with some injuries, just to, to throw that out to start. Um, but Casey, this this matchup, it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it favors the Bucks right now. Not no. with the way that these two teams are playing. You know, if the Bucks continued on their up and up after Germany, I would say that these two teams had a little bit more of a comparison, right? But the Bengals are on an upward trajectory and, and I, and the bucks are just inconsistent. You just don't even know what trajectory they're on. They'll have a good game and then they'll have a bad game. And then, and it's just, yeah. it's just so inconsistent. You just don't know where they're at 
or what Bucks team is going to come out and play each week. They're on a Richter scale. Like <laughs> one minute they're up, two minutes down, the next minute earth is shattering, and then it's coming back together. Like this this team is, is an earthquake. <laughs> breaking, yeah. breaking havoc, breaking havoc, breaking havoc. But as you were saying, Kaylee, um, it's actually Mike Hilton, one of their cornerbacks with a knee injury. He has participated. Um, a defensive end, Joseph Osai, a shoulder, but he was limited. And then their D tackle, DJ Redder, took a rest day. So as for the defense, that's oh, and Jalen Davis, cornerback, thumb did not participate. So there's a couple people in their secondary that may not be a part of this matchup. Which yeah. I'm sure you and I would sit here and agree and be like, "Yay, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, go have yourself a day." But then it's just like, mm, are they going to be a part of the game plan? Are we going to see Mike Evans in the first, second, or third quarter? Like, I almost feel like there's either something the organization is not revealing about Mike Evans, or there's just like so, something's got to be going on at this. It's three games in a row where you're like, where the heck is Mike Evans? First quarter, where the heck is Mike Evans? Second quarter, oh, there, uh, mm, oh, I don't know if that was Mike Evans. Who was that? Then it's bad pass <laughs> then it's incompletion then it's no mike evans again and then all of a sudden it's like mike evans holding call i i don't know if i can ride this ride anymore yeah it's a lot it's a lot for sure and and they're it's not going to be easy you know tom brady has not had all that many interceptions this season mm-hmm. but he's going against a squad that that is 11th in scoring defense um Von Bell and Jesse Bates, they have combined for seven interceptions. And he just come came off a game where he gave up two interceptions. And and he's not been as on his mark as he's been of late. So mm-hmm. you have a, a a clearly struggling Bucks offense against the Bengals defense. Um that I, I'm not saying that they're the best defense in the world, but they're good. They they they're they good. can do some stuff. They're able to produce. And mm-hmm. frankly, it doesn't seem like it takes like that much for the Bucks to beat themselves on offense. Look at what right. we saw last week. Um, I think that this is a game where, and this is going to sound like total coach speak, but I, and I'm going to get more into into the actual X's and O's and some stats and stuff. But Casey, my my like biggest piece of advice to the Bucks offense is like just worry about yourselves. Just, just don't screw up. Like, just, <laughs> just try not to get the holding calls. Try, try not. You know what I mean? Just like worry yeah. about your own self, worry you about execute. your own game, and just tr- like don't screw up. Mm-hmm. Like that. Don't beat yourselves is essentially what I'm saying. Because yeah. I think that a lot of times this offense has just beaten themselves. Look at the crazy penalties they've taken. Look at the lack of accountability. Look at the lack of structure. Look at the lack of good play calling. Like there's so many right. times with this offense, they've just beaten themselves. It's not even the defense that, that they're going against. that's really like left them in, in such a bad place. They're just beating themselves. So biggest like, piece of advice coming into this game is just like do your job do your job yeah. trust that the person on beside you on both sides of you is going to do their job everybody do your job and just like try not to screw it up 
Like that's the biggest piece of advice because I truly think that that this team, I think that they have a chance if they play the way we've seen them play at times Mm -hmm. this season. I do think they have a chance. I'm not going into this game and just writing it off. I think that there's a chance. I'm nervous because they haven't always played that way. But they have a chance to win this game. This is a winnable game. But they can't beat themselves. Yeah. And I agree with the beat yourself thing because that's going to be when you're looking at these matchups, that's going to play a huge role in it if they don't go in there, execute, do their jobs, and have a proper, I don't want to say proper, but just be smarter and wiser and have a more appropriate game plan because injury report us playing into this a little bit. You got Chris Godwin in the slot going up against Tim Hilton's not in there. That's going to open up Chris Godwin, who's kind of led the charge whenever they started to get that in air that that you know path attack going so if you're not going to be going against hilton and that's going to give chris godwin an edge i would hope that they would have the smarts to utilize that and kind of like ramp up that option then you've got evans versus apple apple's extremely inconsistent i like that matchup a lot to where if you can I don't know, allow the ball to land on Mike Evans in a more appropriate manner. Mike Evans before the fourth quarter. Right. Like there's a quality matchup there where you can actually get that in-air attack going. What I like more so about the idea of them having a passing attack is the fact that Sam Hubbard is that guy on the Bengals that will rack up the sacks. um, Yeah that knows how to, you know, break past offensive lines. We know that this offensive line is dealing with issues again, seeing as how Tristan Wirfs isn't there. And that's the side that line up on. He typically would be getting owned by Tristan Wirfs, but now um, there's no one there to collect rent. So the idea of Hubbard getting in and going against a guy like Josh Wells, um, Hubbard's kind of underrated in terms of what his capability is. And I love the idea of them trying to do a big ground game here because last week when the Bengals took on the Browns, and I know we're talking about the Browns, but this is still a Browns team that beat the Bucks a couple weeks ago, Nick Chubb only came up with 34 rushing yards. Yeah. Watson, you know, likes to use his legs in panic moments, especially now that he's trying to get his arm back. Uh, He had 33 rushing yards. Other than that, it was the passing attack that helped the Browns stay in any capacity of the game, Peoples-Jones getting 114 receiving yards. So matchup-wise, I don't love the idea of them thinking that they're going to go into this using Leonard Fournette and Rashad White on the ground while you have a fragmented offensive line yet again. You've got holding calls coming out the wazoo on your left side. Then you got Hub coming up right side versus Wells and Mason, who's been very okay this season. So if they could just a little bit of strategy behind their game plan, if they could put some execution, as you said, everybody do their job and be smart about this, then they don't have to embarrass themselves on their home territory. As for leaning in towards any direction of them winning or losing, they haven't played well enough for me to see them winning. So at this point, I just kind of want them to not embarrass themselves. I want them to stay in the game. I want them to be smart. as best that they can. And so I don't see a ground game taking off here if they were able to contain Chubb and other guys of that stature, but people Jones to get a hundred yards. Yeah. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans should be able to get a hundred yards. And that's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see an in-air attack with this matchup, especially if health ends up being an indicator for 
the Bengals secondary, then you really have an opportunity there. Yeah. And I, and I love what you mentioned, um, you know, with, with the guy like Hubbard, you know, he, he is able to do some stuff. He has six, six and a half sacks on the season, but uh, I also kind of thinking about their defense, Logan Wilson, he leads the squad with 21 tackles and he has four quarterback hits, three passes, um, you know, defended. So he he's he's another guy that you have to keep your eyes on and he's another reason why they shouldn't pursue the ground game um that they should they should take a different strategy coming into this um even with getting Rashad White in the mix it's just not it's just not a good idea um right. clearly it doesn't work you saw what they did against Nick Chubb who's one of the best don't don't try it i mean it just seems like a silly thing to to do it's that is a way in which you would be beating yourselves right like that's what i'm right. saying like don't don't do that. That, that then you're just beating yourselves you're not really giving yourselves a chance if you're going into this game saying oh we're just going to ground and pound like no you're not that's not going to happen so yeah. try again like figure it out um, and, I, and I love that you mentioned some of the good matchups that we have here because there are some good matchups. They just need mm -hmm. to take advantage of them. They need to take advantage of them. Um, you know, I think it'd be nice to see them get into the end zone more than once. You know, yeah. it'd be nice to see them move down the field and get within field goal range, you know, oh more than twice <laughs> in a game. Um, so you, it, it, you can't up when you said that <laughs> last week was pretty bleak. I mean, frankly, for this offense. And so it's like, there's a, there's like, you can only, I mean, I get, I'm nervous saying this, but it's like, you can kind of only go up from there. Like you played pretty cruddy last week. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's see if we can do something better than that. Right. This defense isn't, that again this defense isn't that amazing they're not terrible but they're average and so the biggest thing is just don't beat yourselves like that's I, right. I know I just keep coming back to that but it's like you have the power to control where you're going in this game there's some full answers in this if do what works you know what works right. you've seen it work look at the two-minute drill look at the games that you've won you know what works. Just do that. Mm -hmm. Take advantage of the mismatched opportunities. I love the 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 Apple Evans. That's great. That's perfect. They need to take mm -hmm. advantage of that. Um, and then just, you know, be cognizant of the guys that are going to, you know, push. You know, Sam Hubbard, Logan Wilson. Those are two guys you need to be cognizant of. Von Bell, Jesse Bates. You know, those are two guys you need to be cognizant of in, in, in the, uh, the secondary. Like, those are the those are the key guys on defense that you got to be aware of. Mm -hmm. After that, it's you know it, it it should be a little bit more smooth sailing. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have too much else on this offense, you know, on the Bucks offense because again, it's Casey. It's what we've been saying all year. Like, take advantage. You've got you know use your tight ends. Use. Use the players you have and use them to their abilities. Play to your strengths. That's something that I, right. I, I, I talk about in different scenarios and different life situations all the time. Like, oh, you're good at this thing? Okay, cool. Do it. Go and mm -hmm. do it and like, and like crush it. I'm not 
I'm not good at that. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play to my strengths. Like the Bucks need to play to their strengths because they're, it, right now it feels like they're trying to be somebody that they're not. And it clearly is not being successful. So, well, Casey hurt them massively because, you know, when you look at what the Bengals have done, while their defense isn't talking so much, this defense in most of their contests have held their opponent to 20 points or less. So, for a team that struggles to string together a sequence of, of, an offense that can do anything well or consistent, they're going to have a more embarrassing situation on their hands than they did versus the 49ers if they try to come out and, you know, don't plan accordingly. So I love that you mentioned the tight ends because with their ability to manage the game and since they've kept a lot of their opponents to 20 points and less, unless it's the Chiefs who I think only got 24 points, you know, more points than normal, um, this – this offense is not the Chiefs. You've got so much quality in, you know, Cotton still very underused. Cam Bray is could be your oversized receiver in many instances, and we saw him draw good penalties throughout the season. So that's somewhere else they could be smarter and have a great mismatch opportunity as well. Um, again, if health plays a role when it comes to the secondary, they're going to have a middle of the field that they can control if they utilize it, but that's not going to be your ground game. That's going to be your tight end. So I'm glad you mentioned the tens because they could have a key role in keeping this team in the game versus the Bengals and hopefully stacking more points than 20 because as of now, they're not going to be able to put up 20 points if they come out there and shoot themselves in the foot. No. And a tight end position can be extremely helpful. We are seeing Coquif get more involved. We are seeing them, you know, go to him a bit earlier, which is fantastic. They're building trust there, but they're going to have to not come out in the first quarter and be fearful. Or if there's a drop pass, they can't completely reverse and go back to their old ways. They're, this is game they're going to have to lean into a different direction. And I rather this team lose and do something different and promising that they could build a versus retract to their old ways that we've seen all season long and lose that way. You know what 100%. I mean? Like at this point, yeah, coach, I want to start just you, you, if you have nothing to lose then you have all to gain by trying something new that you can build off of. So yeah. I'd rather see that than the same old, same old mistakes and issues and whatnot. And hopefully with social media getting involved and you know i saw something yesterday on twitter and i'm just going to put this out there because there's just been some things in the headlines lately that have been very heavy if anyone's paying attention and um somebody made a meme of donovan smith like getting arrested quote unquote and it was like people putting a dumpster or a trash can in the back of a what looks like a police-esque like van and so here's the thing Bucks fans you want your players to somehow correct correct their mistakes do better you can't be like character assassinating them on social media and not realizing that you're going to play a role in their mental state when it's time to hit the field so Donovan Smith's fully aware of the mistakes that he's making I'm sure he's beating himself up just as much as social media is beating him up but at this point like why did people feel the need to dig any further at a situation that like we want him to shake that off so that he can, you know, get on the field and do better. Um, I don't know. I just felt the need to throw that out there because that just felt so extreme, like calling, yeah, yeah like basically calling somebody garbage. And it's like, you made your point after the holding call issue Sunday, it's now Wednesday, it's Thursday. Like why you still feel the need to go after somebody on social media is beside me, but 
you want your players to perform, I don't know, maybe not get in their in their brains so mentally and attack them to such yeah. extremities because, you know, it's hard to shake that stuff off when it's time to hit the field. And we want them to go out there and correct those mistakes. I think we need to do better from a supportive role versus a, you know, meme and 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 tear apart roles. So my biggest hope is that the holding calls, the penalty gets tracked. They have under 30 yards of penalties that that go against them. And as you said from the top, Kaylee, if they play smart and they don't play against themselves, they can have a better performance. Certainly. We just don't know that that better performance will translate to a win. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see. And and and, and frankly, a lot of it might come down to the Bucks' defense, you know, mm-hmm. and and what they can do against this Bengals offense. So perfect time to kind of switch gears and look at the other, you know, side of the ball, so to speak. Uh, this <laughs> Bengals offense. I mean, something that that kind of plays into the Bucks' favor is that the Bengals' offense is actually a little bit banged up right now. Um, yeah. You have Hayden Hurst. Uh, tight end, and then Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins all injured in the 23-10 win over the Browns. And then looking at the injury report, Tyler Boyd, uh, limited participation. Um, But then Trey Henderson did not participate. T. Higgins, limited participation on Wednesday. So they... You know, there's been some participation with these guys, you know, between, um, you know, s- some of these players, but not a ton. And so you, we just don't know. Are they going to be able to go? Or are they not? Um, obviously, they're uh, they're pretty stout guys. And, and again, it would play into the Bucks' favor. Again, we're not like wishing for injuries on anybody, but it would play into the Bucks' favor. Right. They weren't able to play. Um, that is a, a is a matchup that goes goes a little bit more in favor of the Bucks. But Casey, reading some reports about this Bengals offense um, and just where the team's at in general, um, you know, people are people are starting to compare Joe Burrow to Tom Brady, um, you know, and 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 talking about you know. Oh, are these guys, you know, Joe Burrow, his release is getting faster. He's only had three sacks in the last three games because he's, you know, just sped up his release time. Um, You know, Joe Burrow even kind of commented on it and said, you know, I don't pay attention to it. He said, he's Tom, I'm Joe. 
but then you know they he he did acknowledge some of the traits that they share he said i have a quick release i'm becoming efficient in my lower body getting the ball out seeing the defense so there's there you know i'm not going to say that they're carbon copies of each other but there's similarities there the other mm-hmm. thing that is interesting whenever you kind of look at these two teams is that people are starting to compare this Bengals team this season to the Bucks team in 2020 when they had their Super Bowl run. And people are starting to make those comparisons and saying, oh, well, look at the way the Bengals played and look at how the Bengals are kind of coming up right now. Their confidence is, is you know, really coming into play. Um, you know, Alex Kappa said, you know, we definitely have that high end preparation. We're prepared. We're ready to play. We're a confident group. We have a lot of fun. Um, so there's, there's some of these comparisons that they're actually leaning into a little bit. Um, and that, I think that makes me a little bit nervous because if internally, they're saying, well, hey, the Bucks did it in 2020. We can do it this year. This is a confident group. You're going up against a group that is then feeling pretty good about themselves. And they're playing. I mean, they just, you know, they're coming off a few wins. They've just beat the Chiefs. Like, they, they, like they're taking control of their season. And, again, that's why I'm, I'm seeing the trajectory of these teams in different places is because, the Bengals have control of the rest of their season and they're taking control of it. And they're on this upward trajectory. The Bucks also have control of the rest of their season, but they're not grabbing control of it. And it's still this up and down, like you said, Richter scale kind of thing. <laughs> but, but going into this, not even looking at the matchups, just looking at the mental state of these two teams, that is what is scary about this Bengals team to me. They're very, very confident. They want to go out here. They want to do this thing. And uh, and they're really confident in themselves that they can. Yeah. Well, the scariest part about it and, and what you're mentioning is that they look exactly like they did at the right time of the season last year. And mind you, these were Super Bowl. Uh, this is a Super Bowl team. So yep. with that said, they're doing the right thing at the right time. They're almost carbon copying their season of last year. And that's what makes it even scarier because then you're looking at not only a confident team, but you're looking at a Super Bowl tender that you're going to be going up against. And yeah. now having Alex Kappa on that roster, a guy that played on this offensive line with the Tampa Bay Bucks, who is now going to be going against Joe Tryanchanka and Akeem Hicks, that, that gives you a little bit of an edge. That gives you even more confidence because you kind of understand the molding of some of these guys. You know, when they brought in JTS, Capital was still a part of the team. And Hicks, you know, he went up with Hicks when Hicks was wearing a Bears jersey. So it's also the fact that they are looking identical to the team that got a chance to go to Super Bowl last year. And then when you do lean into those matchups, not only is there a comparison between Joe Burrow and Tom Brady, but then you get the actual matchups between Bucks and Bengals where you've got a banged up secondary that you're hoping guys can go like Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield Jr. Because Jamar Chase is an animal. He just is consistent. There's no stopping him. When you see that he's putting over a hundred yards here, like, like, so many games in a row and the problem is 
if you do contain Chase, who's very hard to tame by, you got Joe Mixon that you have to worry about. And then this is yeah. a team that we mentioned on the last episode. Hey, look at this run-stop defense. They're one of the top tier. Yeah, they're not carrying that plaque around anymore. And then you've got to contain a guy like Joe Mixon after you got punched by Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb a couple weeks ago and Christian McCaffrey last week with his 100 and whatever yards on you. That's, that's the part that's terrifying to me. Because if you're not stopping Mixon, you got to look out for Chase. If you're not containing Chase, you got to stop Mixon. And Joe Trashanka banged up with that hip injury. He kind of needs to take that next step. While he's done some things well, he's been very inconsistent for his second year. Um, not much of that epic breakout season. And then you have Hicks, who you felt the difference of him not being in the game, obviously helping stop the run. But there's even been some inconsistency there. Then you got Vita Vea with an injury again. We know how Vea shows up when he's hurt and banged up and trying to take on such a big load in the interior there. And then that's kind of going to translate down to your linebackers. Is Devin White going to come into this with his on his shoulders and be able to lead the charge? Is Levante David going to be able to come in there and be that silent leader, but that silent killer that we know that he can be? Then you find out that there's going to be this whole roughing the passer is going to take a whole nother level where they're considering making ejections out of it. So that's got to kind of point to the toll of any defenses across the league. And after what, how the game started last week, you don't want it to mentally screw with this team, but that could e easily be a factor. Oh, for sure. So you make a great point as to the confidence with this offense, but the terrifying part is it's, it, it's more than confidence. It's the consistency that they have and that they well, started they're confident in themselves because they have it to back it up. They've exactly. had, they've had the reps. They have, they have the stats to back up their confidence. They're not confident in nothing. They're confident right. because th they've done something because they, they have been playing well because they're, they're, you know, this is, this is a Bengals offense that ranks fifth in yards and seventh in scoring. They've averaged 29.8 points in their last five outings. This is an offense that's frankly like rated higher than the 49ers offense that they went against last week. So, you know, you mentioned the, these different connections, Joe Burrow, like why does he have such a good connection with Jamar Chase? They played together at LSU. Like they know each other. They they have this connection already. Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase just came back from a hip injury. In the game against the Browns, he had 119 yards and a touchdown. Joe Burrow has a passer rating of 102.4. And then you add in guys, and again, I, I know they're on the injury report, but it seems like they're getting better both both. Uh, like I said, T. Higgins, limited participation. Uh, Tyler Boyd, also limited participation. So it seems like they're getting better. Both of those guys, you have some receivers out there. Uh, and then you mentioned Joe Mixon. This is a team, they're confident because, they because they're good. They're confident mm -hmm. because they are good. Because they've gone out there and they've won some games. Yeah. And... You make a great point to the chemistry that they're having. That's going to give them an edge over a team that just seems to be struggling. Weirdly enough, 
to get certain guys back and to look like you guys have massive disconnect. That's been the scariest part about watching this Bucks offense. How is there such a disconnect there if you guys have been playing together for two, three seasons now and half of them won a Super Bowl together? So I do understand that for the most part, here's the thing. They've got two guys. Kaylee, you and I have chatted a lot about the fact that health has played a huge role into all of this. But when you look of, about as to who has been able to stay healthy, you've got Mike Evans who's been able to stay healthy. So you have people on this roster that would be able to carry you over the finish line. It's just really coming down to the, the thought process behind everything. So kind of jumping back to the fact of what this Bucks defense has to do in order to contain or stay within this game and not let it get it out of hand like, like it did versus the 49ers. We have been saying this for weeks now. My oxygen levels are almost completely exasperated because they know what I'm about to say again. Like my mouth doesn't even want to formulate the sentence. Turnovers. Turnovers yeah. are going to be so key if this Bucks team is going to have any chance of not getting embarrassed by this Bengal team. For one, there was zero sacks in that 49ers matchup. Yep. If you can't get to the quarterback, if you can't fluster him, if you can't, in hockey, as we say, take away his eyes, you're not going to give yourself a chance, number one. If you can't come up with any interceptions and disrupt the piece of wide receiving core or, you know, you have to cause it, it. That's what I love about sports in general. Like you can be talented, you can be simple, but there's also that mental element to it. This defense doesn't come off so scary anymore. So nope. they have to start doing something out there that's going to make the wide receiver flinch and the running back flinch. And these guys not assume that they're going to come out and have this whirlwind performance. It's the assumptions that so play into the confidence. They can safely assume that they're going to go into these matchups and be like, yeah, I'm going to do very well because this guy hasn't been playing well. This team doesn't collect turnovers. This doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. We were so excited for the return of Logan Ryan, but that's a lot of pressure to think that he's just going to come back and pick up where he left off turnovers. There has mm -hmm. to be a step up in, in the right direction for a lot of guys on this defense. There has to be more of a significant step up with the absence of Barrett. Barrett's the only Barrett that there is, but still, I was looking forward to Carl Nassib kind of being a filler there because he talked to him and so much from him, and that was one of the first conversations that took place when he resigned with the Bucks. Is like, wow, you learned from a guy like Shaq Barrett. Can you translate from that? You're a longer build; it's a bit harder, but still. And don't get me wrong, Nassib's actually played quite well this season, but like Nelly needs to step up, Joe Trenchenko needs to take that next step. There's just a lot of guys who like it's time. Yep. Yeah, and and I mean I think the defense is primed to do it. Like they frankly I think that that's what this is going to come down to and I that's how we started this segment by saying, you know, the offense, they just have to not shoot themselves in the foot, but the defense has to actually play. This is a good yeah. Bengals offense. The defense has to four be quarters. ready. Yep, they have to play four quarters. They have to be ready. They have to come out to take care of business because this is not going to be an easy game for this Bucks defense. Um, yeah. It, it's not the same message for the both sides of the ball. Offense. Don't shoot yourselves in the foot defense. You better be ready to come to play. This is a, this yeah. is a Bengals offense that is good and they know how to play and they're going to take advantage and they're also going to try to adjust. So you have to adjust as well. You have to adjust better than they do. And that's going to be the real test, Casey. I think it, it's going to be – I think that this defense is going to be able to come out strong 
Can they adjust? That's going to be the question. The Bengals offense, they're going to be able to adjust. But can this Bucks defense do that? And if they can, they're going to put their offense, hopefully, in a position to be able to at least make this game comparable, maybe even winnable. <clears throat> right. And I know that's putting a lot of pressure on this defense. I I I get it. But but the defense and the offense are just in two different spheres right now. They're just in two yeah. very, very different places. The defense has started taking accountability for themselves. They've started playing better. Um, you know, Devin White has stepped up significantly, both as a leader and in his play. We just need to see them continue to do those things. And we mm -hmm. need to see other guys aside from just Devin White stepping up. It can't just be on his shoulders. And you right. can't depend you can't depend on guys who, who are struggling with injuries to go out there and make football fun for you. You can't all right. be on Antoine Winfield Jr. to like always make football fun. No, go out there and decide for yourself that this is a game that you love and that you want to play and that you're gonna have fun doing it and you're gonna do it to the best of your ability. That's mm -hmm. what needs to happen for this Bucks defense. And and again, I'll acknowledge there's a lot more writing on this Bucks defense than there is on the Bucks offense in this game. This Bengals offense is good and the Bucks need to 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 come out. This is their opportunity to come out and prove to the world that we were once right about them, that they mm -hmm. can be that kind of defense. Otherwise, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, I guess we were wrong about you from the beginning. And then we just kind of have to take that. But with that said, Kaylee, maybe we make some predictions. Ooh, on I end it on a, on a, on a bad note. Um, gosh, Casey, Casey predictions are, have been uh, difficult lately. I think so. One thing I will say in, in, in terms of like, I'm not, I'm, I don't always throw out betting advice, but I'll say, Take the under. Um, I don't think this is going to be a super high scoring game. Uh, take the under. I think the line is at like 44 right now. Yeah. Take the under on that. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be. Well, I hope that it's a better game than this sounds like it would be. But I want to say. 15 to nine. Oh, and I'm not going to say which team wins. I don't know who I, I, but I, but I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring. I think it's going to be like 15 to nine. And I think, it, I, I think it, I think it could go either way. Am I lying? Uh, yeah, you can do that. You okay. can totally do that. <laughs> Love the undertake on that one as well. Um, and then unfortunately, when you look at the Bengals and their and their betting history, they're ten and three against the spread. So that's just going to also play into some thing knowledge. Yeah. I'm going to take uh, the Bengals twenty to thirteen. I think that Ryan Suckup will make up for a missed field goal. I think they get him in field goal range at least twice. So two field goals, one TD, and an unfortunate L for the Bucks. Now, do I want to be wrong? Absolutely. I've supported these guys through and through. Um, but yeah, consistency is not on their side, and we know exactly how quickly they just revert to old ways. And nobody, the, the the conversation that needs to take place within this organization has not taken place yet. So yep. I can't really be an optimist until I see change, and yep. we haven't seen it yet. So that's where I'm at. 
with some game predictions. But uh, with those predictions and the way that this whole matchup situation started to turn out, I think maybe we have some, like, future walk the planks that that we could go with um, to close this out. Yeah, for sure. Definitely some – I mean, like, some now and some future. I agree with what you said earlier, Casey. You know, I – I sat here and I said, Hey, look, I don't, I don't like, you know, Donovan Smith made a comment after the game and he, and he, I don't think that his comment really took accountability for himself. And I, and I went in on it, but Mm -hmm. I'm also not posting pictures of like comparing him to a trash can on social media. You know what I mean? There's a difference in saying, Hey, you didn't take accountability for yourself. And, Mm -hmm. and just like going all in on a guy and give and and like comparing him as a human to like trash that's not cool so mm-hmm. i'm just gonna say like walk the plank to fans who are doing that like i don't have a problem with you calling out bad plays i don't have a right. problem with you calling out like that a guy should be playing better or shouldn't be making the same mistakes over and over or that there's mm-hmm. a lack of accountability call all of those things out do it i do it i personally call those things out but mm-hmm. comparing someone as a human comparing a human to literal garbage that's crossing a line and i just yeah don't cross that line like don't just stop comparing people's identities and their worth to to trash like that's not cool you wouldn't want anybody to do that for you like just don't do that that's not cool so walk the plank for fans who are doing that uh because I just I just think that that's unnecessary and it's just taking it too far. Again, there's a line. We're not going to sit here and treat people like they're not humans. That's mm-hmm. that's the line. Is this, yeah. is this is this treating someone else like a human? Yes, it's holding them accountable. Is it treating them not like a human? Like are are we comparing them to trash? Okay, that's the line. That's the line, and you crossed it. So don't yeah. cross the line. Walk yeah. the plank because you did cross the line. Um, and then I think, I mean, I mean, it, it's more for the offense than anything. It, 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 if, if they go out and they shoot themselves in the foot again, like if, if it's, if it, if they beat themselves, I just don't know what, like, I've been say, saying this for a few weeks now, but like, I don't know what else I can say. Like something has to change. I need to see change and whether it's in the actual plays and the actual game that they're changing or whether Mm -hmm. it's in a play calling you know the person who's calling the plays or whatever like something has to change that's this is not working you can't have that good of an offense in theory and on paper and then go out every single week and underperform right it's just not adding up something has to change that's a future what the playing for me yeah and they've had one more than fans one just to build off yeah. of that because of course typically we're always like on the same page surprise surprise but um as i mentioned earlier in the segment i know some people are gonna be like oh they should be able to take it they're professional athletes yeah accountability saying your piece making a statement about something that's clear concise and obvious have at it that is what it is um as kaylee and i have an ability to be on a platform to you know give information, give opinion, do all that stuff. We have to be ready to take criticism. That does come with the territory. But as Kaylee put it, there's a fine line between giving criticism, taking criticism, and then just being over the top. And 
I, I had, um, I've given her a shout on the show for Karen. I know she's a big Scotty Miller fan and she always sends me things about Scotty. Uh, shout out to you, Karen, but in the, in the fortunate, you know, news of somebody who passed away via suicide, you know, I posted something kind of making a comment about it and Karen wrote me about it. And when I wrote back, I, I realized that, you know, we're not making it enough of our job to show people that a line shouldn't be crossed. You know, we're not, we're letting social media kind of be this, this fire that's no longer containable because, you know, we lose ourselves in, in the platforms and me, myself, I mean, people have heard me on Pewter Report and other things. I've gone in on players. I've made comments about, you know, whether they deserve their jobs or not. And again, to an extent, it comes with the territory, but in the same sense, you know, I, even I need to be cognizant of what's being said to make sure that I'm not playing into somebody's mental state, um, going into full turmoil. Cause you really have no idea what sentences could be that tipping point for somebody. So as I mentioned earlier, Donovan Smith's fully aware of what's happening. Um, while, you know, it didn't feel like accountability in his statements after the game. He's not an idiot. He's aware this team is having a conversation around it, but there doesn't need to be overkill on social media of, you know, him as a human being and a person outside of the game. Like, keep it to the game. Let's kind of get back to the fact where we don't allow social media to just run everybody's lives and we show that we have the strength to pass to, you know, go that extra mile and not cross those lines and not blur those lines. It takes a lot more strength. It takes a lot more mental capability to make sure that we don't allow those lines to be blurred or cross. And, you know, I think it's worth us taking the time to do that. So my walk the plank is, you know, having a bit about the game games, they fuel passion. People do things out of passion. I respect and understand that. I am also holding myself accountable in the same sense. I think we all could do better to just not lean in and cross that line and forget that, you know, people's lives could be at stake. Be sure to follow us at Jolly Rogers TDS so that you can stay up to date on your favorite team. And yes, they should still be your favorite team while they sort through all of their stuff. And I know you guys will be watching and check them on as a tick on the Bengals this Sunday, 425 p.m. Follow us at Jolly Rogers TDS. Download that Odyssey app to make it even more convenient to brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you. You can even search Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Hit that auto download button so that you can make it 10 times more convenient. Share it with friends family, and other football fans. Guys, I am Casey Hudson. You can find me at The Sports Case. Kaylee is at Kaylee Mizell. Follow both of us. We'll give you all coverage, and we can't wait to chat with you guys, hopefully after the game with better news or at least a great game to chat about. Thank you for joining us here at Jolly Rogers Touchdowns.